Do you want to stay more focused on the right goals in your life or even just figure out what the right goals are for you? Do you want clarity? Do you want better work-life balance? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Success Through Failure. Welcome to the Success Through Failure podcast, the show that reveals failure as your path to success. You'll listen to intriguing interviews with some of the most successful people on the planet and learn how their failures became a launchpad for success and how yours can too. Here's your host, former Division I All-American wrestler, former Division I head coach, speaker, and personal coach, Jim Harshaw. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. Today, I bring you Dr. Isaac Greeley. For years, I struggled to find the clarity of purpose in my life and the single-minded focus that I had when I was an athlete. You know, it just felt like I was working hard but not really getting any closer to where I wanted to go. And to be honest, I really didn't even know or have a clear vision on where I wanted to go. Then I discovered a powerful four-step blueprint that I began to apply to my life, and it changed everything. Now, every morning, I'm excited to attack the day because I have a clarity of purpose, and I have confidence in my plan, and I have peace of mind in knowing that I'm back on that path to elite success. Anyone, and I mean anyone, can use this four-step process to recreate the key elements in the life of an elite performer so you can regain that clarity of purpose and that single-minded focus so that you can both achieve your goals and live a balanced life. I created a, a free PDF for you outlining the four-step Reveal Your Path Blueprint for Success just go to jimharshawjr.com slash blueprint. That's jimharshawjr.com slash blueprint to get instant access to that free PDF. My goal with this episode is to bring you another interview with a quote regular guy who has found a way to find balance, surround himself with positivity and have it all, like have all the things in his life that he, he really wants. And, and I want to show you that you can lead an amazing life and achieve meaningful goals while not being, you know, an internationally acclaimed speaker or an author or a Navy SEAL or et cetera, like some of these celebrities or semi-celebrities that I bring on the show. My guest today, Isaac, is, uh, I mean, really, he's anything but a regular guy. So maybe in some ways I failed you to bring on a regular guy. Um, but let's dive into his story. It's an absolutely, he's an absolutely incredible individual. Um, he's an entrepreneur. He's a coach. He's a chiropractor. He's the owner of the Matt Factory, which is an MMA wrestling and jiu-jitsu club just outside of Pittsburgh. He's also got his own, he's got a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Uh, at 42 years old, he's, he, we're, we're the exact same age. We graduated high school together. As a matter of fact, he and I wrestled each other when we were kids, like way, way back in the day. We we're probably like 10 years old or something like that. Um, so Isaac's 42. He not only trains and spars with his athletes, including professional fighters, he's a professional fighter himself. So further, he's, a, uh, he's also a partner in a chiropractic practice with four locations. He's a father. He's a husband. He's an avid outdoorsman, fly fishing junkie. He's a philanthropist. And if you've ever heard the phrase, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. Well, Isaac is that busy person who people come to to get things done. And he gets them done. He's one of the original Pathfinders. That is, he was a member of one of my earliest Reveal Your Path groups. And he continues his growth through my inner circle, the Reveal Your Path Pro 
program. Uh, and I just want to ex- explore Isaac's mindset today and his methodology for getting so much done in the same 24 hours and facing his fears and doing scary things that most of us shy away from. And uh, we're going to dive into how he gets all that done. And if you don't have time to listen to this entire episode, or if you hear something you like, don't have a chance to write it down, make sure you grab your copy of the action plan. You know the deal. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. Isaac, welcome to the show. Welcome, Jim. Gee, that's going to be hard to <laughs> that's you to, but uh, yeah i'm ready to be here ready, ready to get after it good well you always do get after it isaac which is why i wanted to have you on i mean you and i've been working together for i don't know at least a couple years now and and uh i'm just always blown away you know we you come into these calls and you tell me that stuff stuff that you've just gotten done i'm like you did what you know and and it's just stuff that, that most people shy away from. And you're always moving forward. You're always doing things that, uh, that are scary, that are hard, um, facing your fears. And, and I just want to explore that a little bit. So first, let's do this. Tell us just maybe briefly kind of 30,000-foot view of your background, where you grew up and kind of how you got from there to here. Uh, I grew up in uh, Pennsylvania um, in a little town called Rowlett in Potter County, Pennsylvania, which is the most rural county in the state. So grew up with, uh, surrounded with a great family. Um, I had, uh, four other, two brothers and two sisters, um, great mother, you know, mom and dad that didn't really push me too hard in anything I did. They just kind of supported me more. Um, and, uh, grew up around a lot of great people, had great coaches at a young age that made positive impacts on my life and the, the, surrounded with just great people, rural Pennsylvania people that were honest, hardworking, um, I took a lot of the values that, you know, I was taught as a kid that I just thought were normal and, you know, you used it in my life. Um, and it's, you know, been, it's been a blessing just to be around that kind of, that kind of, uh, that kind of people growing up. So that was really cool. Um, then I went to college at Pitt Johnstown, wrestled there for the legendary coach Papakura, who was, uh, really instrumental on changing my, my, uh, my mindset, um, and my work ethic. And uh, I went on to go to chiropractic school. And a, uh, let me jump in right there. He was also a two-time All-American. If I'm not mistaken, uh, were you a runner-up too, uh, Isaac? Yeah, second and third. Yeah, okay. Second and third for Pat. And yeah, a couple. We, we won a couple national team championships, was which was really the the highlight of my wrestling career. I would say being a part of a team that was a championship team, which was really really cool and except an exceptional experience. And, uh, and then off the car- have that, that. And then off changed. And then off to chiropractic school. Sorry, go ahead. Yep, chiropractic school. Met my wife, Laura, um, and uh, actually went to school. Graduated. One of my uh, one of my undergraduate friends, who I actually lived with for a year at chiropractic school, uh, he had already graduated and had joined a practice um, with uh, with another guy. Uh, so, uh, Doctor Ralph Petrarca had originally started the rehab center, and then Jason had joined joined the practice as an associate. And then uh, when I graduated, I joined the practice as well. And we all basically decided that we all become partners um, and expand. So we actually have five locations right now. We're looking at we're starting number six here in a, in a couple months. We're opening up our sixth office. So so for uh, the listener, you can you can see what I mean. Like, you can see what I mean. Every time I talk to Isaac, it's like he would four locations. Now he's five. Now he's opening a six. There's he's always moving forward. So go ahead, Isaac. Yeah, so that's basically it. And I just coach wrestling at Borough High School, but doing that for uh, 16 years. And uh, like you said, the Math Factory is my baby. That's my uh, where I get to coach and get to work out still. I just got done with the workout this morning. Um, I get to grapple, get to wrestle, get to teach, get to learn. So it's it's uh, it's kind of like my haven. 
in my safe place that I get to go to daily almost. And, um, it's just a lot of great people have joined and helped and it's been, um, it's been probably like the, the funnest thing that I've ever, ever done as a, you know, outside of, uh, fly fishing and other passions that I have. It's kind of the thing that I look for is my therapy. So it's been, been a great blessing. For the listener, you will, as you can probably already tell everything Isaac says is pretty understated. Um, it's, you know, he just, he's just a wrestling coach and he just does this, just so that he, there's, there's a lot here that we're going to unpack. And more importantly, we're going to unpack how you, the listener can, can turn the dial up, can get things done, but also stay in balance and, and find the balance and, and make sure you're focused on, on the right things in your life, not just achieving goals and pushing yourself, but making sure you're pushing yourself in the right directions. And Isaac, you talked about growing up surrounded by right, the right people who had a positive impact on you. You seem like you carry that philosophy in your life now. I always talk about how you know we look back at our life as athletes. For any listeners who were an athlete at some point, you look back and you go, "Okay, it was important to have a coach then." And what was at stake? Well, maybe the state championship or the starting spot on the team or whatever. But like now, what's at stake in your life? So much more is at stake in our lives. You know, so it's so much more important even now because it's our family, it's our livelihoods, it's our hopes and dreams, it's everything. And it's so important to surround ourselves with that positivity. But, but uh, Isaac, you you seem like you you implement that same philosophy in your life now. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know a lot of it's luck. A lot of it's based on luck and the, the people that are that you meet or influence you. Uh, I got really lucky to have people at a young age kind of step in and see my potential and kind of lead me in a direction. And and uh, you know, I had uh, my first first wrestling coach um, made the sport a lot of fun for me. Um, and to this day, we're still very close. Uh, we run a wrestling camp together and, uh, you know, we've kept, we've kept that fun going never, it never died down. So from the time I was nine years old till 42, him and I still have the same fun wrestling that we did back then. He still makes it fun for me. And he initiated that, that love for the sport that made it very important, um, to get through some of the tough times that wrestling throws at you, some of the failures and, and the rough, the, you know, the stuff that people don't want to talk about the hard, the hard times of wrestling, losing matches, losing weights, the studying and wrestling and balancing. So he made it fun for me. So Sean Lathrop was the, the original guy along with a couple other coaches that got me going. And then my high school coach was John Kreiner who had never wrestled himself personally, but had a, made wrestling like his lifelong passion. So he showed me that you could use wrestling as a vehicle to do whatever you want. So he got me to believe in that. And then from there, um, I got, you know, I had, I had already been super blessed with those two individuals along with a few others um, that when I got to college, I had coach Pat Pecora, um in my life. It was just, you know, he, this guy, he knew exactly what to say to me, how to, when to say it, how to say it, how to motivate me. And uh, you know, without those, you know, three specific people in my life, I probably would have went down a whole other path. So, you know, with that, with great parenting um, I have to say that a lot of my successes have been, you know, very, I've been just fortunate and blessed to have the right people in my life at the right time. As most, most people, successful people will say the same thing, I'm sure. So in what ways do you um, intentionally, what ways do you intentionally bring people into your life now? Well, I kind of, I've been kind of, uh, you know, seeking out positive, more positive people. I don't want to, I call it trimming the fat. I don't want to be around people that are going to you know, bring me down or, you know, say, you know, that things are going to be too hard or I can't do this. 
I just try to surround myself with people that, you know, have the same mentality that I have. Cause that once you get a momentum with positive people, it seems like if you surround yourself with the right people, um, you can get a lot more done. You can get a lot more accomplished. You can, you can realize, you know, issues and problems and get through them faster. And that's kind of where you stepped in to help me, Jim, because I got to the point in my life where it was, I was taking on too much. I was getting overwhelmed. My balance was off. Um, and then I just needed to, I needed to reassess my core values, see what was important, really, really important to me. Cause that's, you know, I had a hard time saying no, I had a hard time, um, balancing all my things I really, really wanted to do with my, with, with work and with my family and everything. So, um, it became a very tricky, uh, scenario for me because I didn't want to fail on any of them, but I was almost forced with failure with something. So I had to prioritize things. And by, you know, joining, uh, um, reveal your path, which, which I started, um, program was a great breakthrough for me because I got to be around like-minded people that were having the same type of issues, maybe just a little differently. And they all had great insights and different ways of, uh, combating things and balancing things and, you know, gave me great advice when I needed it the most. So that was a big, big step for me to actually reach out for some coaching of my own. So once I had that coaching, um, I could kind of take the positives from that and incorporate it into my life. And that's when I really noticed um, some major gains that I had been striving for that I kind of got plateaued on. Um, so that's kind of where, where that kind of laid in with, with my groundwork with, with the last couple of years of successes. And, and let me follow that up by saying, you know, and, and I'll say this really to the listeners is, you know, Isaac talked about luck um, being, you know, having that luck of being surrounded by the right people. And, and maybe you've had that luck in your life too. Maybe you haven't. You know, I'm sure if you look back, there are probably positive and negative influences in your life. And Isaac could probably look back and see some negative influences in his life. And uh, he obviously had the positive too, and he's choosing to look at those. And he also, there was also something that wasn't luck, um, taking money out of his bank account, investing it into Reveal Your Path. And this is not a show about promoting RYP. This is about investing in yourself, whether it's buying a book or going to therapy or counseling or hiring a coach or whatever the case might be. It's investing in yourself and he continues to do that. So that part's not luck. That part is is actual commitment, making a commitment to yourself to, to improve and, and, and to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. And one of the things that we do on our, uh, our monthly calls that, that Isaac's now part of in the, in the Reveal Your Path Pro Group is we, we leave every call with action items. And, and Isaac, a couple months ago, said uh, had just finished a professional fight. And, um, and uh, a couple months earlier, it had been a, a little while since that last fight. Um, and he said, um, you know, I'm going to come back to my, my, my one of my action items is to come back to our next call in a month with a, a new big scary goal that I'm going to put myself in an uncomfortable situation to do. And so we show up on that next call and I, so Isaac, I'm going to let you kind of take it from here, but Isaac said, well, my goal, my, my action item was to come back to this call and tell you what my new goal was. Well, he goes, I had an opportunity actually to accomplish a scary goal. So can you tell us about that, Isaac? Yeah, it was, um, you know, that's kind of where I, I find like I make my most gains is when I'm actually faced with fear. Uh, I think that's a pretty good motivator for, for positive. You can use it for very positive things in your life. So yeah, we had the call and I wanted something scary and you know, I wanted to make a goal that was going to you know force me to really dive into, to my mind and, and my fears. And, uh, one of my, one of my, uh, 
fighters had a, we had a grappling matches um, set up and professional grappling matches, and he suffered an injury. And then the promoter was looking to fill it, and he he asked me if I'd do it last minute, like within about maybe three days. So I was like, you know, I said, well, this is exactly you know what what uh, what I said I would do, and this is my opportunity. So of course, I, Isaac, you know, so can support, I? Yes. Let me just jump in real quick. So the fighter, the was it was it Dominic that was supposed to take that fight that got injured? Yeah. Okay. Um, it, yep, and for yep. the listener, Dominic is really good. I mean, he fought um, he fought in Bellator, right? Did he fight in Bellator yet? Yeah, Dom, he's, okay. yeah he's, he's a Bellator fighter. He's a Bellator yeah. fighter. So he this is like, Bellator. he's not like, like they had this guy paired up with a, a serious fighter approaching his prime who's very good at what he does. He's been in, in Bellator. And so, okay, go ahead from there. I just want to give people perspective. It's like, it wasn't just like some high school kid you were going to go out and roll with. It was like <laughs> a real, this is no, a real it fight. Was cool. It was, uh, yeah, and I do these, you know, okay, I like to, uh, I, I'm kind of a hands-on type of coach. I like to wrestle and grapple with my guys to make sure I know exactly where their strengths and weaknesses are so we can, you know, try to make gains from there specifically. But, so I was training, but not, not very hard. It was right during my wrestling camp that I run. So I was pretty busy, but yeah, I decided to do it. Um, a couple of days notice had to lose about 13 or 14 pounds and, uh, just did it. It was easy because I had the, I already had the, uh, action item planned, even though I didn't know what it was. It, it presented itself, made it easy for me to say yes to, um, competed and I got to win um, over a very, you know, very good competitor. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was just a great experience, and I was one of those things I was scared to say yes, but once I did, I was committed. And um, you know, that's just kind of the mindset that I I try to preach to people um, and as a coach. So it makes it a little bit easier when you when you you know when you're when you're selling the Kool Aid to drink it, so to speak. So it was uh, it was a great experience. I was glad that uh, my group had you know pushed me to that and they held me accountable. And then when I, it was very satisfying to go back to the group and say, Hey guys, thanks a lot because I actually stepped out of my comfort zone a little bit this month. And, uh, and, and it was a very positive experience for me. So and, yeah, it was great. So Isaac comes back and tells us, you know, it, it was over in what, I don't know, 15 to how, how, how long did the match last Isaac? Oh, actually I, he wasn't 15 seconds, but I actually hit the, I hit a move. I had learned that Well, I had been drilling that week at wrestling camp before I knew, um, before I knew what was going on. One of the, one of my friends from Texas, uh, was there black belt. Jason Sampson was there and we were working on a move. And I had another black belt that was at wrestling camp working with me. Um, Randy Charles. So I had two really great black belts working with this position and we were just exploring it and working it and drilling it. And then when they had the, when they said the match was going on, I told Dom, I said, I'm going to try this move if the guy pulls guard. So immediately the guy pulls guard. I'm like, well, right, there's the, right, there's the, right, there's the technique. So I hit the technique. Um, to the, my opponent's uh, credibility, you did a tremendous job defending it. And I had to transition to a Kimura, which is a different finish to get to get it. And it took me a few minutes to get there. But um, the technique that I initially was going to hit presented itself immediately, which is pretty amazing. It was pretty cool. Was pretty cool experiences to see that after we had just drilled and worked on that for the week. And uh, yeah, so we got to execute the technique and um, was successful with it this time. Um, you never know with, with wrestling and grappling how it's going to go, but sure, keeps yeah, you humble. Great, great experience. Yeah, just definitely keeps you humble. Because I know I get, I take very humble experiences almost on a daily basis at this at this point. But yeah, and it's definitely fun. And so there was for the listener again. There was no, uh, this was not a foregone conclusion that Isaac was going to go out and and win this match. And but he took it anyway. He was not in competition shape. He was not you know 
quote unquote ready. And so like, what are you talking to the listener again? What are you not ready for? What are you saying? You know what? Not yet. Not, I'm not ready yet. I'm not, this is not, not the time. Let me wait one more month. Let me get a little more of that. Let me learn a little bit more about that. Let me have one more phone call, listen to one more podcast, read one more book, get one more degree, whatever it is, you know, what are you not ready for that you can, that you're afraid of? And, and what can you move forward? How can you face that fear? And it was interesting when Isaac comes back to our group call and he says, he says this and it just, it inspired all of us and it challenged all of us on the call. And then, you know, me being the coach and facilitator on this call, it, it challenged me in the same way it challenged everybody else going, okay, like Jim, what are you afraid of? Like what, what's the scary thing that you can do? And, and it just forced me to rethink. And this is, you know, I talk about the environment of excellence and, and, you know, gosh, for me, getting to to coach and exist and be around guys like Isaac and all the others on the calls, it holds me accountable as well. And uh, it's just part of my environment of excellence. So I challenge you, the listeners, to go, okay, who, who am I surrounding myself with? How do I challenge myself? How do I push myself? How do I choose to do something scary and, and face my fear? So, uh, so Isaac, thanks for sharing that story. I just want to note that, that Isaac's sort of humility and, and respect for his opponent this is um, for anybody who's not familiar with MMA um, or grappling or wrestling, for that matter. Uh, there's just this inherent level of respect in one-on-one combat. It's not this some of this machismo stuff that you see in the weigh-ins and stuff like that on TV. A lot of that's you know they that stuff's some of it's authentic, uh, some of it's just uh, you know uh, encouraged a little bit for for the show. Uh, but there is an inherent respect uh, between fighters here. And Isaac, you've, you've done some, some work with Spartan races. Well, Joe DeSena and the crew, can you tell us, uh, tell me a little bit and just tell the, the listeners a little bit about what you've done with Spartan races? Uh, yeah, we, we've had a great relationship with Spartan. Um, one, of our, uh, one of our grapplers actually um, has completed their agogi and their death races um, multiple times. So we had spent, we sent a team up last year, uh, last minute just to try to finish their goji race, which is one of their, uh, extreme adventure rate or endurance races. And, uh, we had, we had a team go up and everyone finished it where it turned out really well. Uh, we've actually done, we actually ran our first wrestling camp for Spartan, uh, at their headquarters this year, um, during the goji. And we had a great experience with that. And, uh, we're looking at running another camp here, um, in Pennsylvania, hopefully within a year. So yeah, we're starting up a nice relationship with Spartan and Joe. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just trying to show Spartan, you know, the combat side of it. We, we, we've ran some, uh, of their, um, uh, endurance races of themselves. We ran one of them and we incorporated some grappling and wrestling into it, which was like really out of the comfort zone for a lot of the Spartan uh, competitors, but it was really cool because when it was all said and done, we actually had like grappling or takedown matches and, and clinch matches with the, we put them head to head and, uh, it was a great experience. We had a blast with that. And, uh, the people, the feedback was, wow, I never thought I'd ever do that. And, uh, you know, Joe, we, you know, Joe's a big proponent of wrestling. Um, his, his kids wrestle and he understands the positive benefits of wrestling. So I think that that's a, that's something that we want to show Spartan that, you know, there's also the combat side to Spartan, the hand to hand, the wrestling, the grappling, but that's part of it. So, um, you know, us just being able to run their wrestling camps to show that Spartan, uh, believes in the wrestling, the power of wrestling and grappling and things like that. Um, it's a big part of their, of their success of their brand. So I think the moving forward, we're just going to kind of keep working with them as much as we can. Um, so I think they do great things, um, especially in the endurance, you know, racing, 
uh, area, but we, we want to show that there's some other avenues to, to go with this as well. So it's been pretty cool. And on top of that, uh, on top of everything we've already talked about, you also run a camp. You talk about the, can you talk just, just briefly about the Bruno, Bruno Iorfido camp that you just got, wrestling camp that you just got done running that you run every year, every summer? Yeah, this, um, probably it's like, you know, the thing that I'm most proud of that I've ever done just because it means so much. Um, and it's had such a great influence. We've, I've watched it unfold for the last 15 years. So, uh, I held a wrestling camp ever since I was a sophomore in college. I'd have my friends, my teammates come back and help me run a wrestling camp. We could make some money and get back to my, my hometown a little bit. Um, we started our camp in 1996. Um, and I brought up, the, uh, the Strip Matter Brothers, who were my teammates, and Troy Barbush was my roommate, and a couple other guys. And we would just come up and have a good time, have a wrestling camp for a week, and we just kept going every year. So Bruno was a wrestler at um, UPJ. He had wrestled at a town not too far away from me at Ridgeway, where I grew up. Um, so I had already known Bruno since he was little, and uh, he actually worked my wrestling camps in the summer. And I got a chance to coach him in college as, as an assistant. And um, he's a very, very special kid. Um, he's going into his senior year. He's had a really good, legitimate chance at winning a national championship because just the way his work ethic and drive and um, his character was very high, very high level. So um, he ended up passing away right after um, our camp, his senior, going into his senior year of college. And Sean Lathrop and I, uh, along with Aaron Rendos at the time, decided to change the camp and to make it into a, a memorial scholarship camp. So all the money we raised would go to scholarships for kids um, that were of the same character that Bruno um, exemplified. So, you know, we thought it would be, we started easy and just kind of like make, you know, we set very high standards for the kids that had to have a certain TPA going into their sophomore year of college. So we knew they were committed to wrestling. Um, they have to write an essay about how wrestling and how going to camp had changed their life and been a positive influence on their life. So I think we've given out well over 40 scholarships. So we've given out over $40,000 in the last 15 years. We give out 6,000 this year, six scholarships this year. So, and it's really cool because the kids that are getting the scholarships now have been coming to camp since they were in eighth, ninth grade, some of, some of, some of them even longer and to see the character and build into them and, and, and the kind of kids they've become, kind of men they've become, and now they're in their, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, and they're applying and writing these essays that are just blowing our minds, and they're just showing the same type of, uh, you know, character that Bruno had and, and, and positive things that Bruno had in his life going for him, that they're, they're carrying that on in his name, too. So it's really special. And uh, my home hometown of Port Allegheny is amazing. I mean, I have... I brought up 96 people this year to camp between wrestlers, parents that wanted to help coaches, college clinicians, cooks. I mean, it's a moving unit and, uh, to feed that many people takes, a, it takes a lot of work, but I have people that donate the whole week off of work and they'll come up and cook, just help me cook and prepare food. And, um, we have a lot of fun and uh, a lot of people, a lot of my friends come up, a lot of coaches and a lot of, uh, local college coaches come up and, it's just a great experience and we have a banquet at the end of it we get to talk about Bruno. So it's really something special and something that I've, uh, you know, along with Sean and Aaron, we take a lot of pride in and we want to keep this going for as long as we can. And it's interesting that Isaac, you've, you're, you're the kind of guy who people come to and say, 
hey, I've got this idea and you and you run with it, you execute. You know, I remember. I think UPJ Wrestling came to you a couple of year, year or so ago. I think it was some kind of, I can't remember if it was a fundraising campaign or something that they, an event or something like that. And, and you you were the guy who, who they came to and said, Hey, Isaac, can you help with this? And you said yes. And, and you, you pulled it off. And you're, you say yes to a lot. You, uh, you do things, you know, it's so cliche to say, you know, follow your passion. Everybody talks, you know, follow your passion, you know, find what you love to do and, and chase that. And you've really done that, right? And you've, You've done that in a way that that motivates other people, and you've done that in a way that you make money, right? You you make a living as a chiropractor. You make a living with the, the gym, although I think that's more of a passion project for you. But like people step up and help out with this camp that you talked about because because your heart's in the right place. You're doing it for the right reasons, and, and because you care and you live with passion, and people see that and they sense that and they want to be part of that. And and I think that's a good lesson for us all. And so. You do all of these things, right? You chase your passions, you you hustle, you work hard for things that you care about and for people that you care about. And you know, whenever I talk to you know, whether on this podcast or to to other coaching clients about, in, in part of reveal your path is the four areas of setting goals. It's relationships, self, health, and wealth. And so, uh, I think the self part is pretty evident in everything we've talked about here so far. Self, uh, which is growth, impact, and fun. You know, growth goals, impact goals, fun goals. That's obvious that you're, you're pursuing so many there. Health, you know, health and fitness, wellness. I mean, you're, you're obviously doing that. You're training, you're, you're, you're in shape, uh, competing at a high level and, and wealth, you know, so that's taken care of with, with everything that you're doing. But what about, what about the first one? You know, relationships, how do you how do you manage to do all these things? You've got a wife and daughter. How do you manage to get all this stuff done, but stay in balance with with the home on the home side? Because we all want to crush it at work, and we've talked about everything you're doing. You're crushing it in all these areas. But what about at home? How do you how do you work to keep that in balance, Isaac? Well, that's the. I mean, life is a challenge. I mean, you're faced with failures every day, even as successful as people sound. I mean the most successful people have failures that they're always constantly faced with. And, and it's, it, and you know, it's really their attitude that, you know, forges them ahead. And, and uh, you know, when you set your goals, like you're talking about, and this is something I, I'm new to, I've always set goals. I've always been a goal setter. I've always wrote down my goals. I've always had my goals in front of me, but this actually categorize my goals to make sure I'm hitting on all the important areas has been something that I've only dove into in the last couple of years. And this has really been super important to me to make sure I balance things out. And that's all why I started to reveal your path is because I knew I had issues with balance. I needed to get this, you know, I, to balance things straight. So being able to see that every day that, you know, I need this week, I have action items that I need to focus on my relationships with my wife and my daughter and um, my family and people that are important in my life you know, my health and my wealth and myself are always underneath that. So you always have to think that what, what is the most important thing? What are, you know, what are you, what is the most important core values to you? Um, you know, I write writing down my core values and the core values might change over time, but when you, when you actually see that, like the most important things, the three or four most important things, it makes things come to light to where you should be setting your goals. So having reveal your path and reveal your path pro and, and uh, you know, listening to certain people and reading certain books has helped help me realize where I really, you know, want to see my life at down the road and, you know, what kind of person I want to become and still be. So that's how I basically, you know, make sure that I, I'm taking time 
to build, to work on my relationships. I have set aside a day every week for my daughter. So Mondays, today's the day that's daddy day that we're going to spend together, you know, the rest of the day. So we have a day or two that we can just focus on our relationship. Um, and then it's great to have a group of people around me for ideas, you know, like, you know, putting down the phone at home was one thing that one guy in our, in our, um, group had told me like that yeah, he does right. he turns his phone off before he gets in the house and it's hard because my phone is constantly going off with different people asking and questions and emails and so it's hard for me to turn that off at home and it's always a struggle and i try to do that the best i can to like make sure i have time for my wife at home where we can sit down and just relax and watch tv and watch a movie or talk or catch up on our day um you know and date nights are very important as well like scheduling time out where it's just my wife and myself um, you know, I like to try to do it on a weekly basis and sometimes it gets pushed to two weeks because of things, but, you know, just have that in your mind that, you know, you don't want to forget about that. That's an important thing. That's the most important thing. So just be able to, you know, try that, try to prioritize my goals, you know, yeah. grappling matches are great and they're awesome, but realistically in the grand scheme of things, you know, my relationships with my wife and my daughter and my friends are in my family are the most important thing. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what it is. And you have to, you know, everyone's different. Now, if I was an Olympic athlete training for Olympic wrestling, maybe I'd put wrestling in front of everything. But at this stage of my life, I'm 42. Um, I, I enjoy my passions. They're very important to me. Um, you know, wrestling, coaching and wrestling, jiu-jitsu are all, and coaching MMA fighters is all great, but, you know, spending, being able to spend time with my, my daughter, um, you know, like yesterday we went to the movies and hung out, went to the mall, like that time is the most important time to me. So, um, just making just setting it aside every week and setting, having a routine is probably the key to my success with that. Yeah. And so living intentionally is what he's talking about is just, you know, making sure you pay attention to all, all those aspects. So Isaac, you know, that, uh, in this podcast, I always ask everybody, tell me about a time you failed and, and you knew this question was coming. So let's hear it from you. You know, you, you have had success in every area of your life and we look at a guy like you and go, wow, man, you know, just, just crushing it. Can you tell us about a time where you failed and maybe as a result of that failure, yeah. you felt the hopelessness, maybe that self-doubt, but were able to overcome it and achieve either despite it or maybe because of it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've failed. That's why I love um, the name of this podcast, Successors Through Failure, because I feel you're speaking directly to me. So how many times I've failed, um, not achieved things I've wanted to achieve and had to you know pick myself up, dust myself off. Probably the most significant time was wrestling-based incident when I was uh, a sophomore in college. And I'd finally, you know, really thought that I was putting a hundred percent into my goals. I wanted to be an all American, um, and I wanted to try to win a national championship. So I'd put in everything into this. And I think this is going to speak to you, Jim, because I know you've been through the same type of thing. Um, so I put everything into it. I sacrificed, you know, I, I, I wasn't partying. I was hundred percent committed to my goals. I was hundred percent committed to eating, living a healthy lifestyle, um, and, uh, you know, staying up with my studies, I was living, a, living a clean life as coach McCord said, you gotta live a clean life. So I was committed to that. I spent the whole year committed to that. I put myself in a position where I was seated high at the national tournament and, uh, I had lost in the quarterfinals boom, um, to an unseated wrestler who ended up winning the championship, um, that year. And, uh, I got thrown in the wrestle back. So I had a little bit of a, like, I can't believe that just happened to me. And, we don't really get a lot of time in the blood before the blood round starts, as you know. And before I knew it, I was lost two matches in a row and my dreams of becoming an all American were dashed. And I just sat there 
And I kind of like, it was a little self-sabotage because I just couldn't pick myself up from a loss that I probably should or the match where I was favored to win. And next thing I know, I was, you know, going home. I was crying. I was crying. Um, I thought I failed. I thought I'd give it everything I had. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think I'd ever cried because of a loss before, but it hurt so bad because of all I'd put into it. Um, and, uh, you know, I just thought that I was helpless, that no matter what I did, I'd never be able to reach my goals. Um, and luckily I had positive teammates around me, you know, that picked me up and said, you know what, yeah, this isn't, this isn't going to define you. It's just one wrestling match. It's just, it's nothing, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's one tournament. So, um, you know, I had great coaches that, you know, my coaches decided, you know, that they're going to, you know, invest, keep investing in me and they knew my potential. So the next year I came back and I realized there was levels to commitment that I didn't realize were, you know, I didn't realize after seeing my teammates, the levels that they were committed to it. And it was beyond even what I had put into it. I decided I was going to do what they did. So I had great maps as we call them, the people that were successful that um, I could use what they were doing and kind of map myself. Like if I wanted to really do what they're doing, I need to do what they do. So I started to do what some of my teammates were doing. Um, John Stripmatter in particular was probably the most influential person with that. He was, a um, one of my teammates, he was the same age as me. He was a transfer from Penn state and he had brought a level of work ethic that I'd never seen into our, our wrestling room. So I started doing, trying to do what John did on a daily basis, whatever he did. I tried to kind of mimic that. And I found myself wrestling in the national finals that year. Um, I lost in, uh, an ultimate tiebreaker. Um, so another failure. Um, but it didn't feel as bad because I knew that I had really l- leveled up my game and I learned that there's levels to this and levels to commitment. There's levels to, um, really believing in yourself and there's levels to having people around you that are positive and not, you know, self- trying to sabotage you in any way. They were there that we all loved each other and we were behind one another. And then my senior year, um, I took third, I lost in the semifinals and, and, uh, ended up taking third, but our team won the national championship that year and that having that going through that and having seeing the power of team and the power of a group, that was probably the things I took from college. I used in my life to being surrounded with a positive team coaching, you know, with the same mentality of a team and building each other up and not tearing each other down. And that really was probably how failure in my life was the most, most, uh, beneficial yeah. th- progress tool that I've ever had. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. It's a, that's a tough story that obviously, like you said, I can relate to. Um, and in our last just, just minute or two together here, Isaac, can you give us one action item that the listener can take in the next 24 to 48 hours to really start moving towards their goals? Maybe it's facing that fear or maybe something else, but can you give us an action item? Uh, the biggest thing that I take away from all, everything I've learned is little things. You know, little things count, like even... Some, uh, some people might say making your bed or, you know, doing that, doing push-ups. We do a thing every month and our thing is uh, we do an exercise every day. We build on it. It sounds simple, but it just makes you accountable. So pick, pick like one exercise or one thing you want to do. Maybe it's, you know, read for 15 minutes or, you know, whatever it is, but just start small and then you'll see where that takes you. If you steady have one thing in your life that's consistent, you build a routine around that, they're always doing it. It's easy to build other positive routines. And pretty soon if you have three or four positive routines that are guiding you and, uh, you know, setting your mindset that changes everything. That's the biggest thing that I, I would recommend. Awesome. And how about 
about a, a tool or a technology or a supplement, an app, or anything like that that, that you do or use that helps, helps you be more effective as a person you can recommend? Um, yeah, a couple of things that I really, really like. I got my dad onto this, which he's taking it to a whole other level and it's really changed his life for positive is breathing techniques. Um, we, we, we dove into Wim Hof a little bit and his yeah. breathing techniques and, you know, we kind of use them. I know I talk about that a lot. Um, but my, my dad's really dove into it and it's been a super positive thing for him. Um, and I've seen the effects, uh, and I, I use it for competition to hand, to, to manage anxiety and, and things like that. It's really, really good to get you re- to relax. And we use it in our training also through, through, uh, my wrestlers use it a lot and grapplers. We use some breathing techniques after practice, um, just to kind of condition ourselves. So really positive stuff. Okay. There's a lot of research that's coming out now. So that's one thing. Um, I always like the intermittent fasting. I'm in and out of that. Obviously, I think that's got some positive um, benefits for it as well. So, and uh, being a chiropractor, you know, I always recommend, you know, healthy living, just to, you know, you know, get the power of getting adjusted, the power of eating properly, um, sleeping properly. It's, you know, just, just those three things right there can make a major Im- impact on your life. Awesome. Wise words. As Isaac, thank you so much for making time to come on the show. Jim, I really appreciate it. Appreciate you. Appreciate everything you do. And, uh, you know, keep doing, doing it, spreading the word. Yeah. Well, likewise, and, and for the listener, make sure you grab your free copy of the action plan. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. And until next time, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success. 